This is the Fly the W670 podcast, season two. It's episode 75. Rest in peace, Cubs 2023. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, we hear the second half of Crawley's interview with Smokies announcer Mick Gillespie talking about the Southern League Championship Series. As the Smokies clinched that one five to one, you know, the Pensacola Wahoo, uh, Blue Wahoos beat the Montgomery Biscuits to advance to the finals. So you get a rematch of, of last year's championship. How badly do you think the team wanted to face the Blue Wahoos? I know there's some guys that weren't there the year before, but obviously, you know, there were some players and then you guys that work for the Smokies. I mean, you, you had to have been kind of itching to get to this matchup. Well, I guess if you we would have lost, I, I would have rather played the biscuits. But the, but the <laughs> truth is, is both of those teams have given us trouble. Um, you know, we, we for whatever reason we have historically struggled against Montgomery, which is the Tampa Bay Double uh, A club. And then we, you know, we I mentioned before, highlighted we lost a lot of championships, three of them, to um, Jacksonville and now Pensacola, the, the Marlins Double A affiliate, and. You want to beat the best. You know, it means a lot more when you, you, you know, they're the defending champs. You know, they won last year and, and they had a lot of their team back. We had an entirely different roster, uh, except for a few people here and there. But I mean, for the most part, like all the position players were different. M- all the starting pitching, for the most part, was different in the bullpen. There were some guys in the bullpen, uh, like Blake Whitney. And, you know, you mentioned um, Andy Weber, who was injured last year for part of the season. And, but it was great. You know, it, it just was beating them meant a lot, you know, just because if you're going to pick the opponent, you, you kind of want to beat the people that beat you. You want them to experience that same disappointment. So we both got one. They got last year and we got this year. <laughs> Next year will be the rubber match. And I hope we win that one too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, Brandon Birdsell, he was the fifth-round draft, draft pick from last year. He gets the ball for game one in Tennessee. Free beer night again because why, why, why mess with something, right? You don't want to yeah. jinx anything. So you keep that going. He goes five innings. He gives up one run. If he hadn't given up that run in the third, that would have been a lot of drinking that night because, you know, they didn't score it really, you know, what, the whole – pretty much the whole rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great game. I, I'll tell you what I loved is, is that the Smokies just smashed them. You know, that, it was like an eight to one game. At you know, by the time the le- latter innings, I call them the business end innings. You know, the eighth and the ninth came around, but he was great. You know, and and what happened is is in, in these playoffs, and you see it in the big leagues too, is that you pitch your ace first, and then your second guy second, and sometimes you may pitch the the you know it depending on the rest and you know and all that stuff maybe it's reversed or whatever but you when you we both swept they they swept and we swept so we we both started the game the guy that was scheduled for game three right and so that was bird cell for us and fitterer for them and bird cell just has always thrown strikes, you know, and he, his trouble comes from giving up home runs and hits, you know, because he throws so many, so many strikes, but he did a really good job of first time around. He gets a lot of outs because they're, you know, you're kind of just feeling them out. You're going to take some strikes. Well, then when they started to adjust, he started to adjust and he started to change what he was throwing, you know, instead of just a, a get ahead fastball and he started to mix it up. So he had a great game. And then the Smokies' bats just pounded them and started with B.J. Murray. Murray was a factor 
in every game that the Smokies played, whether it be, you know, yesterday's game or the game before that in the, in the field at the plate, taking pitches, he, he elevated his game. He showed me something, you know, like, I, I don't know. You watch people play every day and you're trying to figure out like what makes someone a, a good player and, and, you know, what their potential is. I think that what, what Murray has working for him is he's got this great eye and I think as the umpiring gets better and then eventually when we end up with automated strike zones, yeah. guys like him are going to do well because they don't, they're not forced to swing at pitches that aren't strikes. And, yeah. and then when he took a chance, he hit the ball hard. Right. And, and like you said, the offense just comes out. They score two in the first, one in the second, and then five in the third. You got an eight-to-one ball game after three. And, and, you know, not saying it's over, but that's a real – real difficult, you know, task to come back from. And, and, and every, the, what blew me away on this one, Mick, is nearly every hitter in that game had an RBI. You're talking BJ Murray, Hayden McCreary, Pablo Aliendo, Ezekiel Pagan, Kevin Alcantara, Andy Weber. They all drove in runs. And Hayden McCreary is a guy that I saw him in, uh, was he in Myrtle, Myrtle Beach? No, he wasn't in Myrtle Beach. He was in uh, South Bend. But, but tell me a little bit about Hayden from what you got to see from him. Well, when he showed up, in the beginning, you know, in the beginning of the season, he didn't break camp with us. Uh, we had uh, Bryce Ball, and and Bryce was struggling. And there were like all these different guys playing first base at the beginning of the year. It was weird. It was like a, you know, a merry-go-round over there. You know, where the year before it was Bryce Ball every day, and then this time it was like well, Bryce Ball, and then, you know, it could be uh, Nelson Maldonado. It could be. Uh, Miguel Amaya. I mean, it was just all these different guys playing first. And and you got the feeling that they didn't really, they, they weren't in love with ball who they ended up releasing. And then McGarry shows up and he's a catcher, but they're going to play him at first base. And he was the worst defensive first baseman I've ever seen. <laughs> but, and at first I didn't know he was a catcher. I just, I'm watching him play first base and I'm like, wow, this is terrible. You know, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? But then he gets to the plate and, and he's just, okay, you're like, all right, yeah. I mean, the guy, when he makes contact, he just kills it. You know, he's got this long, this, this long reach and, um, you know, the, the, definitely an elevated swing and he can do a lot of damage. But the guy was in college last year, like a small college too. It wasn't like he's playing at, you know, major division one, you know, like Michigan or, you know, uh, Indiana or something like that. I mean, he's playing in this little school in Colorado and, but you saw it, like he was like the, the Ted Williams of that, of that league. Right. And so it, as the season progressed, he got a lot better at first, still got a lot of work to do. And I hope he puts the work in because the bat is the bat's going to play. And so um, he's just, you know, he hits the ball with such, uh, you know, with, with such momentum that it just does things for him, you know, and that's what the, I mean, look, the analytics guys are going to love him, you know, cause the exit velo, you know, and, and basically what that means when you hear exit velo is just the harder the balls hit, the more difficult it is to play because you, you it's harder to fi- figure out what's the ball's going to do, you know? Right. So if it hits the ground, you know, it may go this way or it may go this way, but your reaction times cut back because you don't have enough time to think about it. So that's, that's kind of his superpower. And, um, you know, he was he and he played all the time like they 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 hardly took him out of the lineup. And um, and I think that's good. I, th- I 
I, I don't I don't know that the Smokies are the team that they were without him. I, he's really important. An under the radar kind of guy, you know what I mean? He's not mm-hmm. the big name that everybody yeah. thinks of when you're thinking of all the all the all the uh, top prospects in Tennessee. Yeah, and 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 winning that big game one. Now you got game two. You have a chance to win the championship in Pensacola, and there's no doubt who's getting the ball on this. That it's going to be Cade Horton, and 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 man, he just did not disappoint yesterday, Mick. We're coming. We win game one, and we're we, we, you get a day off to travel, and you need the day off, and and. We had heard that because it's an all-turf field, last time we were there, Walker Powell like f- slipped on the turf and, and hurt his leg or his ankle or something. So I was told, hey, there's a chance if it rains that Kate Horton's not going to pitch. Oh. And I just kept thinking like, well, if I'm the Cubs, I get that, right? I get that. But as a Smokies broadcaster that's been through all this stuff i'm like okay what are we gonna do here so um it was just our year you know like yesterday i live uh ironically i live 45 minutes from pensacola and so this is for me this is really a home game i just i I work in tennessee but i live here and um i get a text from my wife and she's like it's this is like i don't know game starts at six central this is like 5.30. It's pouring. It's pouring right now. So I get the, I look on the phone and I'm like, you know, if it rains, they're going to pull this guy. And all, you know, all the Cubs people are there too, you know? Yeah. So, so it wasn't like, um, you know, they're going to sneak him out there. And so I'm like, if, if this, if it rains and he can't pitch with it, what, what are we going to do? You know? And, um, but that didn't happen, you know, so that so thankful that that didn't happen. And this is this is working out the way it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they, they, you know, Smokey struck first, but then the Blue Wahoos right, you know, come right back and answer. But, you know, you talked about B.J. Murray earlier. He hits a three run homer and that puts it up four one. And then the route begins, you know, one in the fifth, four in the sixth, one in the seventh. And. You know, when you when I'm watching again that last call, we heard that at the beginning, at the top of the interview, and all of a sudden that ball comes. Cause it got a little bit dicey. There's some bases loaded, you know, towards the end. Even mm-hmm. though it was a big lead, like you said, as a Cub fan, you're never happy until that final out is there. Uh, and all of a sudden, Matt Shaw just made that catch. It was just, it was such a relief, and to see everybody kind of pouring out of the field, that was just absolutely incredible. It felt like a a, a, a title fight. And the Smokies, this year's edition of the Smokies, were a young, up-and-coming, talented team. A lot of talent, a lot of big prospects, and, and, and no one that was there last year. And their team was experienced. You know, they didn't have a lot of prospects, but they had a lot of guys that can play. Um, they, had, they had guys, you know, like their shortstop and hardly ever made mistakes, and he made an error in the game. They, you know, they – the Smokies got ahead of them and they started to feel that pressure and, and, and they couldn't play with it. And, and that was the same exact thing that happened to the Smokies last year. The Smokies fell behind in game three and they just started making a bevy of mistakes. And, and that's first off, that's why the minor leagues are so important because if you want to win at the big league level, having gone through the experience of losing last year and then having gone through the experience of winning this year is going to help both sets of those guys. But this year's team, 
Uh, I heard Kevin Graber say this last night. He said everyone on the roster was wanting to win. He said, and that's, yeah, that's him. That's me right there. And 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 he's addressing. That's exactly when he said that. He's like he was saying that as I was filming. I was brought like we were broadcasting. I was just holding that mic so that the, our fans could hear it. But um, he he had a team of guys that were all pulling in the same direction. And the the game felt like this this title fight. You know, the the young up and coming boxer against the you know the veteran champion that knows how to box and. And, and, you know, we're more big punchers and, 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 but we just got them. And, and that entire game after Murray hit the home run, it just felt like the Smokies kept like taking big swings and getting close to a knockout, close to a knockout. And then they had that four run sixth and, and they were done. And even though you still worry about it, and I was relieved when it was finally over, it was, it was really over. <laughs> when Murray hit that home run, you know, they, they weren't, Kevin Graber wasn't going to blow that game and neither were those guys. They weren't going to let it happen. They just, they, they wanted to win this thing so bad. And then there's one other thing that I got to tell you about. It's a, it's a people game. And, and I, I have said this and I hope that your listeners will check out uh, the Cubs baseball channel and my, my, um, a scout podcast with um, former Cub scouting director Tim Wilkin because we did well, the reason we I started you know my channel and 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 really that particular show is kind of like where we started we do other stuff now I love talking Cubs baseball just like you do I, I can't wait to have you on my channel some uh, but because we have fallen so in love at the organizational level with analytics that we forget that scouting is part of this. And, and, and we have diminished the role of scouting so much, and, and we rely too much on analytics, I feel like. And a great example of that has nothing to do with anything that analytics or anything else really could factor in. But we had a guy, we had a guy that has worked at our stadium for years, and um, he's definitely got – a disability. I, I don't know what it is, but he's a great guy. And he shows up for work every day. And he looks like the guy named Cheddar Bob off of the Eminem movie. And that's his nickname. And, and so I, I know him because he will come in. If I see him, it's like, hey, Mick, I love the broadcast. I listen Every time I'm on my smoke break, you know, <laughs> and, he, you know, and, and that's about all he says, but he's just, you just get this positive energy. So, um, so he's a little guy, he's a little cheddar Bob guy and, uh, they didn't have enough bat boys. And so our clubhouse manager, a guy named Detrell, was like, Hey, let's just get cheddar Bob to, to be the emergency bat boy. Right. And that was 10 games ago <laughs> and we won every single game. He went on the road with us to Chattanooga. He went on the road with us to Pensacola. The guys made him get up and give a speech, which was very short. Uh, <laughs> both spots. They, they loved him. And, and I think <laughs> yeah, you remember Cheddar, Bob, but my point is that it, it, that's part of like the team, the fun, Joe Madden was the greatest at creating that. 
and, and we forget that sometimes too, you know, that it's, it's a, it's a human game. Creating chemistry with each other yeah. and, and that, that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, you know, Mick, when I, I, when they finally won that, you know, I, I thought of you and this is picture right here is you holding the trophy. You've <laughs> been the lead broadcaster since 2007 for the Tennessee Smokies. You've won broadcaster of the year before, but you know, after a while, you know, we all, when we're younger, think we're going to see championships galore and all that stuff. But, it, you know, as you and I kind of get a little bit older, you start, you know, especially when I remember with the Cubs, you know, I'm starting like, am I going to see a World Series in my lifetime? And so for you, you know, I'm sure it was a dream to be able to call a, a, a Smokies championship and to hold that trophy. And, and, and as, at any point, like, were you, did you have a chance to kind of just reflect over your career and that moment and, and think about how much that meant to you and I'm sure your family and everybody else? Well, I got out there. Uh, they're like, "Hey, let's get a picture of the front office," because I, I, I had to get back up to finish the post game show, and um, and they handed it to me. And and um, my goal every year was just to win the broadcast, to 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 have a broadcast where people are like, "Man, I, I got to listen. I can't get out of the car." I love the story you told about this or or what that meant. And you want to, you you, you want to. Um, think that that means everything and it does mean a lot of it right uh, you know you tune, tune us in if if we're if our broadcast is calling you know the same players that are in atlanta or cincinnati or chicago or you know wherever we're just as good as anybody the, the problem is is that our best player pete crow armstrong is on the way to triple a and then he's in the big leagues right so so to kind of answer your question when you get to the these moments right it's about the fans. It's their team. And you just don't want to F it up. You just don't want to mess it up for them. And that, to me, was what this was all about. It wasn't about a champagne celebration. Yeah, do I want a ring? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I'm happy. I'm getting <laughs> one, right? <laughs> like, it's cool. But I've got a Cubs ring, too. So it's it's nothing will ever trump that. Um. I got a I got a, a, a Cubs ring story if you want it. It's like a personal story, but the the, the sometimes it's weird how this stuff kind of it, it's such a part of who you are as a person and your DNA. Um, wh what it means to you to be around it, to be around great pl players and people, and um, you know I, I got to take tip my cat to Jared Banner to give us the guys to win this thing this year. Um, I, you know, hung out with with them after the game. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm just so happy, right? But I'm happy for all of our fans. We have the best fans. You know, it's like, it's like I call it Wrigley Field, the friendly confines south, you know, Smoky Stadium. And then eventually we have a new one here coming up. But um, And then it happens, and it's like, okay, you're defined by those moments, like as a broadcaster, to nail those. So, about, I don't know, about the eighth inning, I'm like, what the hell am I going to say? You know, like, what am I going to say here? Right. Because I, the there's a lot more to it than just, hey, the team won. You know, you get these opportunities and you just want to make sure that they they turn out the way that when the players listen to it, the fans listen to it. They're like, hey, this this really sounds like that. And I was trying to just like the nickname for the team, by the way, was the Chokies. Mm. I mean, we were the Chokies. You know, just like when I saw Tom Ricketts after the Cubs won the World Series, 
I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said, but it had something to do with not being the lovable losers anymore. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I think Tom's great. I love him, you know, and I, I loved it when I saw him and he said that, you know, cause I, I, I get it, been a Cubs fan, you know, the chokies, that's the worst nickname that was true up until yesterday ever. So, um, the people that have been around for a long time, the fans and stuff, they're texting me, you know, our, our public address announcer was, uh, was there in 78. There's a handful of people that were, were there, Bill Meyer, the last time they won. And, and that's it. I mean, it's been a long, long time. So that's what I was trying to do to get all of that into the call. Mick, my only hope, and I know that my timing's never good with this stuff, but I, you know, the Cubs always do the ring presentation in, in, in Mesa. So uh, just make sure you get a good base tan going, and I hope to see you there, and I hope to see you get that ring, and and I'm sure it's going to be a beauty. Yeah, well, our owner is a guy named Randy Boyd. He's the best, and Randy is the biggest Smokies fan, like literally the biggest Smokies fan. Like he loves the Smokies. He wanted to buy the team. The Haslam's, who owned the Browns, sold the team when they bought the Browns, and Randy got them, and it was like, a kid in the candy store. First thing he says to me is, I want to go have beers and I want you to tell me all about the team and let's just do this. You know, um, we are expecting a, a, a pretty cool ring. I'll just put it like that. Just because I think he's going to want a pretty cool ring. And I think we all want one too. So <laughs> I'm looking for, so, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be as giant as some of those Cubs rings, but uh, I'm guessing that this one's going to be pretty cool. Well, Mick, I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for your time. And congratulations to you, the organization, everyone from the owner on down to Cheddar Bob. It, it is a, it, it, there are, again, behind the scenes, there's a lot of people working to make this happen. And for everybody, you know, I hope, you know, 40, 48 years, it, the, the wait is over. You are no longer the Chokies. You are the champions and congratulations, Mick. Yeah. Hey, and again, you know, I know that this is on in Chicago and, uh, you know, I just can't thank, you know, the, the Jed Hoyers and the Carter Hawkins and the, um, you know, and Jared Banners enough just for giving us the players, you know, to put those guys in to where we actually had like a legitimate rotation and we had a great bullpen and we had a lineup that just was kicking ass. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. Go Cubs. Go Cubs. Take care.